Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast, your audio arena for everything fitness, health, life, where transformation is the game and excellence is the goal. Whether you're a fitness coach or athlete ready to take it to the next level or someone on the journey to be your best self, this is the place to fuel your way to your highest potential. Surrounded by the best coaches in the game, the ladies, Kayla, Janet, Destiny, and the boys, Ian, Mario, and yours truly, your host, Coach P. It's time for our topic and guest. Let's roll. Welcome back to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. I am your host, Coach Payne, and we have a dinger of a topic for you all today. We are talking on all things Zone 2 versus Zone 5 cardiovascular training. What's the truth? Is Zone 5 better than Zone 2 when it comes to weight loss and fitness? Today, we're going to answer that question and go deep into the science. This has been a presentation that I've been wanting to give for a long time. It is a question that is asked of me very, very often. And we're going to set the score here today for you all and give you the deep science behind what is the answer when it comes to performing the moderate intensity continuous exercise versus high intensity exercise. What's best for getting those abs and losing that fat? And what is best for improving your performance, health, and longevity. Let's dive in and find out. First thing is the major considerations that we need to make when it comes to it, cardiovascular training is how important it is to understand that sedentarism is a big issue currently in our lives. We no longer have jobs that are requiring us to walk places and go long distances or incur lots of physical labor. And as a result, a, the sedentary lifestyle has become a significant risk factor for so many non-communicable diseases such as cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, you name it. And we see that approximately 3.2 million deaths each year are attributed to insufficient physical activity levels. And so, and because of that, we also see that we are at an all-time low of how active people are. And when it becomes an issue where, especially here at Evolve, when we work with individuals every day who are trying to improve their overall health and longevity, this is a big concern. And across the board, when it comes to disease, there is one particular metric that will tell us what someone's overall resilience towards death in the future from all different causes can be predicted. And that independent risk factor is VO2 max. And we know specifically that regular cardiovascular training reduces the risk of several diseases. We see specifically a 13% reduction in mortality rates when it comes to having a higher VO2 max, if not more. There's even some research to show that elite individuals who train at high levels and high volumes throughout the week have an 80% reduction in hazard ratio towards many communicable diseases versus those who put low effort into their training throughout the week. And that is across the board when it comes to reducing your risk of cancer, reducing your risk of intellectual-related and mental disorders as we age, metabolic diseases, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, you name it. And not only is cardiovascular training important for improving all bodily systems, such as your cardiovascular system, your immunological system, and ability to fight disease and sickness. We see a stronger musculoskeletal system, improved respiratory, and even endocrine function as well, which is going to be super important. And for those buffs out there who are also interested in learning, well, what about my performance and my ability to trim up and lose fat? You better believe it that having 
higher levels of cardiorespiratory fitness is also associated with improving your fatty acid oxidation and how you use fat, improving your cardiac output, enhancing vascular smooth muscle relaxation and your ability to promote blood flow to working muscles during exercise and even improving your plasma lipid profiles. Cardiovascular training is absolutely essential. I don't care if you're a bodybuilder or a crossfitter or you're someone who just shoots on a range. It is super important to making sure that your cardiovascular health is where it needs to be. Now, now the biggest thing that is important to consider as we go through today is that exercise is dose dependent. There is so much research that will show that yes, we have these recommended guidelines for physical activity. We have the 150 minutes from the World Health Organization of moderate intensity exercise per week or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity per week. But there's multiple research studies now that show that when you go beyond those numbers, your mortality risk is even lower than the individuals who get the actual recommended guidelines. And the biggest problem that we currently face in our industry is... <laughs> Not even a third of Americans are anywhere close to actually getting the recommended guidelines of weekly physical activity, which is bad, bad, bad news bears. <laughs> and this is a big, big problem that us as coaches and fitness trainers really need to improve so that we can help as many people as possible. So let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about all sorts of things such as VO2 max and cardiorespiratory fitness. We're going to talk about training intensity zones, the benefits of zone two cardiovascular training and, then, and zone five. And then we're going to do a deep dive into comparing the two and finally settle the score behind which ones are the absolute best for your health, how to consider what to do and how much of each to potentially put into your programming and under what circumstances. But before we get there, we got to talk about VO2. And when it comes to VO2 max, VO2 max is the maximum amount of oxygen you can consume during exercise, not only is this a reflection on your cardiorespiratory fitness and how fit you are, and you're the gold standard for your fitness, but it also allows us to see your overall resilience towards all causes mortality. And we know that the higher your VO2 max, the more resilient you are towards all causes of death, hands down. And there is so much research that, that shows this. And there's a, a specific study that I pulled for today's episode um, by Mensager and colleagues. Uh, it's called the Association of Cardiorespiratory Fitness with Long-Term Mortality Among Adults Undergoing Exercise Treadmill Testing. Um, this was produced in the JAMA Network um, and is a really, really great uh, physiology journal um, that has been highly reputable for a long time. And this, this has been highly cited in many, many papers. And it shows the survival probability of particular performance groups from low to below average to above average to high to elite in accordance with their overall metabolic equivalent values. Metabolic equivalent is the, the uh, overall oxygen amount of oxygen consumption uh, level metrics that we use to gauge how intense an activity is. And so the higher the intensity of an activity, the higher metabolic equivalent that it is. And so for, for an individual that are in each of these performance groups, it is based off of the achieved METs per week in order to identify whether it's in the 25th percentile, 50th, 75th, or above the 97.7th, which is what's denoted as elite. And so when you look at the survival probability of individuals across the decade, individuals who are in that elite group have a higher level of survivability over the course of a decade compared to adults who do not exercise. And this is 
this is according to the survivability against certain comorbidities, such as smoking, diabetes, uh, cardi uh, cardiovascular disease, all sorts of things um, that make it really, really important for us to understand that the more active you are, the more resilient you are towards so many different causes of death. And when we look at the hazard ratios for mortality across all groups, it is beyond significant and how the big of a difference it is in individuals who are very active, who go beyond the recommended daily and recommended weekly amounts in how resilient they are towards all causes of death versus those who are not active. It, there's even a big difference between elite and individuals who are in the high category, which is super substantial and super significant and showing us the importance of this. And just to give it some context here, being in the high percentile is within one standard deviation of your cardiorespiratory fitness above. Elite performers is greater than or equal to two, which in statistics is big, really, really big. And they had an incremental reduction in all-cause mortality compared with all the performance groups, including the high performers. And when you compare it to the lowest performers, they showed an 80% reduction in mortality risk. 80%. Read my lips, y'all. 80%. Can you believe that? That is huge when it comes to the overall reduction in mortality compared to people who are sedentary. Not only is it significantly greater in traditional clinical risk factors, such as coronary artery disease, diabetes, and smoking, but it also remains true when you see adjacent performance groups who get just the recommended physical activity guidelines throughout the week. And so it is a definite reduction in mortality risk as a dose effect matter which is really, really important for us to consider. And that these findings not only reinforce the large collective body of evidence in the literature that we see that correlates aerobic fitness with numerous health benefits, but it also illustrates the importance of your cardiorespiratory fitness as a powerful and modifiable indicator of long-term mortality. Doesn't matter if you're a bodybuilder or a CrossFitter or a weekend warrior mom who's trying to get at her best. The dose response is real, right? And it is definitely an important consideration to make when it comes to your overall health and why VO2 max is so important. So let's dive into this further and be able to see how it is that we measure VO2 max. And the way that we measure VO2 max is by doing direct gas analysis. You can do this in any type of exercise physiology laboratory. Most of the time they're at universities, but you can find them in private businesses and establishments that do charge to allow you to figure out your VO2 max. And not only does gas analysis show you the ratio of oxygen consumed to carbon dioxide given off, it's able to utilize that information to be able to give you your respiratory quotient, which tells you at what times throughout the exercise you are utilizing more carbohydrate or fat for fuel, and it can show you how efficient and metabolically flexible you are, which is really important. It can also give indications into your even your, your resting energy expenditure, which is a great, great tool to use during fitness as well. And so we can really utilize VO2 max tests as a great way to not only give us insights into your health, but also give us good biofeedback on how we can improve your overall performance as well. Now, why this is also important uh, as we start to get into this is the impact of age and physical activity. Part of the things that we talk about a lot uh, is the importance of strength training. And the reason why strength training is so important, and all of us coaches are big on this, is not only is muscle important for you know looking good, of course, and improving your metabolic rate, 
Um, but it's important for health and longevity. And we know that as we age, we're at risk of sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass and function. And as a result as well, that is also going to relate in the reduction of your VO2 max as well, because the mitochondria are housed within your cells. And the ones particularly in muscle mass are very, very important for, metab for metabolism as well. And so VO2 max levels can not only reduce along with the reduction of muscle mass over time, which is also going to have a negative impact on your overall health. And so it is a really, really important consideration that we need to, to fight aging and the negative aspects that come with aging. We have to stay active for life. We have to optimize not only our muscular health, but our view to max and cardiorespiratory fitness as well throughout the lifespan to truly be at our healthiest. So let's dive into the particular zones and go over which, what zone is what. And so when it comes to the zones that we talk about the most, we have zones one through five. Yes, there is six and seven, um, but for the majority of the time, we really only focus on zones one through five. And so zone one is going to be active recovery. That is anything that is between 50 to 60% of your heart rate max or less than a rate of perceived exertion of free, right? So that is light walking, very, very light jog, you know, little brisk intensities on uh, a cycle or an elliptical, whereas zone two is extensively aerobic. That's anything between 60 and 70% of your maximal heart rate where your RPE is three or four. Anything above that, we get into zone three, which is 70 to 80% of your heart rate max, which is your intensive aerobic to where we can really start to, to build up that, uh, that aerobic anaerobic threshold we start to get into, especially when we get to zone four, when we're hitting that 80 to 90% of our heart rate max. And then finally, zone five, which is VO2 max training, your aerobic capacity, 90 to 100% of your maximal heart rate. This is your high intensity training. This is a high intensity interval training um, where you're gonna have that RPE that's above eight or almost all the way to 10. Now, one of the biggest things when you talk about is the problem with social media and a lot of influencers is when they label something as high intensity circuits or exercises, when it comes to the videos that they're posting, most oftentimes that is not true. They are not actually doing hit. When you see some of these circuits that they're doing, especially body weight or exercise circuits, when it comes to utilizing weight training exercises, your heart rate must be above 90% of your heart rate max for the entire work bow for it to be considered high intensity training. That's one of the biggest issues we run into is so many people are not actually getting to that mark for it to count as high intensity training. And it's a big thing that we need to consider when it comes to what is actually high intensity training or not. Most often than not, in the majority of individuals I see who post content on social media, they're doing hard moderate training. They might only be in zone three or four. They might not actually be getting it into zone five, which is explicitly important to actually get the benefits of zone five. Really, really important consideration to make. Now, to know that you're in zone two, yes, you can do your maximal heart rate uh, of 60 to 70%. You can utilize a heart rate monitor. But you can also use the talk test because, and you'll hear people like Dr. Peter Atia and Dr. Huberman say this, you want to go to the point to where you're able to sustain the aerobic activity and you're able to have a conversation. But anything higher than that to where you can no longer carry a conversation, you are no longer in zone two. So that is the best way to know that you are in zone two. This is usually a light jog. This can be uh, setting the incline on a treadmill to anywhere between seven and 10% and walking between 2.8 and 3.5 miles per hour. And that's usually enough to get you to that point, depending on your fitness level, because the more fit you are, ultimately the higher intensities, you, the, the harder you can push yourself and you'll be at a lower intensity. But with that being said, 
Let's dive into the actual benefits of this training and zone two specifically. And when it comes to zone two, zone two training is really, really beneficial for building your aerobic base. Dr. Peter Atia talks about this a lot. When he's designated between the differences between zone two and zone five cardiovascular training, zone two is your aerobic foundation. It builds the foundation of the pyramid, whereas zone five builds the peak of the pyramid of how high that you can go. And so zone two is very, very good at helping you build an aerobic base. It is great for individuals who are slowly ramping up and building a foundation. This is great for newbies and beginners and individuals who are out of shape and haven't gone to the gym in a while. This is the perfect way to start building up your aerobic foundation. And it can be really, really important for not only optimizing endurance and overall fitness, but helping you for with performance gains. This is wonderful for all types of athletes, regardless of what type of athlete you are, to have that foundation so that you can push yourself in other higher levels of activity. <coughs> Excuse me. Zone 2 is also very beneficial for enhancing energy efficiency and mitochondrial health as well. Um, we know specifically that this training zone is really important for the initiation of biogenesis of mitochondria and creating more mitochondria throughout the cells and increasing their efficiency and how they utilize oxygen and the amount of oxygen that can be consumed. And this is going to enhance not only oxygen consumption, but the utilization of fatty acids for energy production, which is going to be not only beneficial for in reducing your risk of certain health conditions like type 2 diabetes and heart disease and issues involved with high cholesterol and dyslipidemia, but it's also going to help your performance. This increases your time to fatigue, which is great because if you can improve your metabolic flexibility, you can improve the amount of time that you rely on fat for energy at higher levels of intensity rather than carbohydrate. And this spares carbohydrate, allowing you to be able to push yourself harder for longer before you actually have to utilize your stored glucose that's needed for even higher levels of intensity. So it can be really, really important as a performance marker when it comes to your higher levels of exercise. Really, really, really awesome. Um, and as far as improving health metrics, we know across the board that it positively impacts heart rate variability and reducing stress. It improves your recoverability and adaptability. We've talked, we've talked about HRV a lot on this podcast. Remember, your HRV is a direct indication of your resilience to stress, your adaptability, and overall recoverability. And we know specifically that zone two can positively impact this and also improve your resting heart rate. And we can improve those things, especially in individuals who are really, really stressed or overtrained or have a lot going on. Zone two cardiovascular training is a great way to help improve their overall health markers and aid in their recovery and weight management as well with the increased energy expenditure. We also know that it can improve sleep and help avoid fatigue by helping uh, improve the recoverability. And then with that being said as well, also gives you that better foundation to push yourself during those higher intensity exercises. Now, on the flip side, we'll talk about zone five cardiovascular training. Zone five cardiovascular training is that higher intensity, that above 90% of my heart rate max. This is substantial because this is anything that is going to be classified as your high intensity interval training, your long interval training, anywhere where you're sprinting followed by rest or low intensity periods. There are two clinical protocols that we utilize often to help you build your VO2 max and count as high intensity. The four by four is one that's 
very popular where you get your heart rate up to 90% of your heart rate max and you keep it there for four minutes. Then you take a four minute break and then you do it again. Now, most of the time, most people are not acclimatized to be able to do this. So you have to build up to that point of sometimes you'll do one on one and then two to two, finally three to three and build yourself all the way up to four to four. The other clinical uh, protocol is doing 10 by one. And so you do the, the shorter sprints for a minute get your heart rate up as high as you possibly can, rest for a minute, and then go back up again, okay? So both are very, very challenging, which is also to show you that high-intensity exercise is hard, and most people aren't actually doing high-intensity exercise. But what we know is that it leads to significant improvements in exercise capacity, including maximal oxygen uptake and anaerobic capacity, especially when it comes to VO2 peak. And when it comes to improving VO2 max and VO2 peak, if that only rivals that of moderate intensity continuous exercise, AKA zone two, but it may even surpass it in its ability to improve all parameters of health that we just went over when it comes to the differences between zone two and zone five training, which can be really, really significant in trying to decide, well, what might be best for a particular individual. And so at the end of the day, both are wonderful, okay? But what we see all across the literature, as we just described, zone five cardiovascular training is superior to moderate intensity continuous exercise, aka zone two, for increasing peak oxygen uptake, reducing cardiovascular disease, and improving mortality risk, and can lead to those more improvements, especially when conducted at least three times a week over a 12-week period. And so now what's important to understand as well is there's, there's going to be some pros and cons here that we're going to go over here in just a second. But a lot of the literature is starting to show that if your goals are body composition related, if your goals are, you know, we're, we're trying to improve your cardiorespiratory fitness, HIT is more effective at improving things like endothelial function. It's effective in lowering body fat. It improves lowering blood pressure. It improves fat and your lipid and lipid profiles in the blood. It has very many unique health benefits that outweigh um, modern intensity continuous exercise, aka zone two. Now, what are the trade-offs to this, however? And this, this is the things that we need to really start to consider what might be best. Although, sure, we might see significantly with statistics that high intensity is better overall. What's going to be best for you specifically? When we take a look at a specific athlete, for example, when it comes to team sports and, and sports that involve sprinting, sports that involve having to be at this high level at all times when it comes to power output, change of direction, explosive strength, then zone five cardiovascular training is going to be very, very good for those types of individuals because that's highly applicable to their sport. It's highly applicable to what they're doing and hits versatility and effectiveness and enhancing athletic performance is very specific to athletes, which is going to be very beneficial for those who are involved in team sports or specific modalities or are in a specific season of life where they are currently involved in athletics. HIT is also one of those things that's, you know, it's one of the most time effective approaches you can use when it comes to physical performance, both optimize, allowing you to optimize preseason and in-season performance. You wouldn't want to do crazy amounts of volume of running or tons of zone two cardio when it comes to times of, of uh, programming where you're trying to focus on building skills or you're trying to making sure that you're able to give your best during an actual training 
or an actual game type situation. You want to make sure you can do the least amount possible to maintain adaptation so that you still stay strong or continue to get strong or continue to improve cardiorespiratory fitness without sacrificing recovery that's going to influence how you perform on the field. All really, really important things to consider when it comes to what's going to be best for a specific individual. So when it comes to working with coaches or for any of you out there who are trying to figure out what's best for you, well, figure out what does my lifestyle look like, okay? What is it that I'm able to handle? Uh, and what are my specific needs? If your specific needs are to improve your VO2 max because your VO2 peak is very, very low, then including higher amounts of zone five training in your programming might be beneficial. Or if you're a person that has very little time to work out and you can only get into the gym two or three times a week, then prioritizing zone five training is gonna be an absolute necessity. It's gonna be one of those things where you can take advantage of the time that you have. If you can only get into the gym three days a week and that's all you have time for, three days a week of high intensity might be the way to go to maximize adaptation, maximize your health, and try to get the most benefits you can for health and performance. Whereas if you're someone that has more time, then you might be able to spread your volume out a little bit more, get a little bit of zone two in when you can to help overall with those issues. But then on the flip side, what if you're someone that has a great deal amount of stress? What if you're someone that is, you know, you get your blood panels back and your cortisol is super high and you have a high stress job and you're taking care of a family with kids and you, you're, you can't sleep well, then you are already in a high stressed out state. You are already in a high sympathetic tone. Doing any amount of high intensity work is going to push you further into that, which could compromise your performance, compromise your adaptability and recoverability, and could make you overreach or even overtrain and could either cause injury or lack of wanting to be involved in exercise. Because we know that overtraining not only has severe physiological, but mental physiological effects as well. And these are all very, very important to consider when it comes to what you're choosing to do. So we know that when it comes to improving stress, heart rate variability, recovery and adaptability, if you're someone who is super stressed out, cortisol levels are really, really high, zone two cardiovascular training is what's gonna be best for you to be able to maximize your cardiorespiratory fitness and allow you to recover effectively the absolute best way. So you have to think about what is specific to my life, what is it that I need to consider is gonna be best for me at this certain times? Because what, what the other aspect we need to take a look is when you actually look further into the research, when you separate moderate continuous training and high intensity training from each other, yes, high intensity training is going to win from a mathematical statistical standpoint on its impact on your health, longevity and mortality risk. But when you combine the two, you get the best of both worlds. You are able to see improved benefits compared to moderate intensity alone. So it is wonderful to have the absolute best. So if you're someone who is only doing one or the other, you're leaving gains on the table because overall zone two is what's gonna be able to build your foundation, build your aerobic base, build your more metabolic flexibility. Whereas zone five is gonna increase the height of which your performance can go which is going to be really, really important for your overall VO2 max and health as well when it comes to health and longevity and your ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle for as long as possible. So at the end of the day, you need to learn to balance intensity and recovery. Incorporate hit sessions to focus on improving your anaerobic capacity and VO2 max, but then schedule your moderate intensity continuous training sessions for active recovery and building your endurance. You also wanna periodize this to where 
if you're if you are out of shape or you're just starting a training program, you might have to slowly ramp up the amount of volume that you're doing over time in order to allow yourself to be able to handle those higher levels of activity. I rarely allow someone to go right into high intensity training if they don't have any aerobic base. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to be able to get there with without having that aerobic base. With that being said as well, Taking a combined approach, utilizing both zone two and zone five is going to be the absolute best for training effects, for performance gains. We want to integrate HIT to improve our peak power output, but we also want to utilize moderate intensity continuous training for a sustained energy output and allowing us to go for longer periods of time. And we want to make sure that we're using both training methods so that we target and develop different energy systems and muscle fibers to get the best overall athlete within us to grow. And with that being said as well, we need to make sure that us as coaches or athletes are being monitored so that progress in the training regimen can be regulated accordingly if things need to be dialed back, if volume needs to be altered or modified based off of what might be going on during that time during life. Because remember, the body does not differentiate stress from another stress, all right? It's all stress. And so we have to make sure that we are programming appropriately and not doing too much that could compromise our health or compromise our recoverability. And with that being said as well, we have to consider the safety and health considerations of different populations. We know that young adults are young, or, or I'm sorry, adolescents and older adults have compromised cardiovascular systems compared to individuals who are young adult or middle-aged. And so really, really important to understand that there might be different training needs or modalities or modifications that need to be made based off of where they are currently, either in their training age or their season of life. And so zone two versus zone five cardiovascular training is a very important consideration to include in all ages, but making sure that it's specific to them to making sure that their health is not compromised. But at the end of the day, we know that VO2max is one of the best indicators for overall health. And one of the most important things that we need to consider that when it's, if it's low, there is going to be a greater degree of risk. When we live in a sedentary society where individuals are nowhere near as active as they should be, and we know that exercise has a dose-dependent response and effect on your overall health and longevity and ability to resist disease, that we need to prioritize your cardiorespiratory fitness. Even if you are someone who thinks that they go to the gym a few times a week, if you are more sedentary than you are active, then this is gonna have negative health ill effects. And you have to understand that being more active is going to be better when it is under the right circumstances and parameters. And the higher your VO2 max, the overall higher your resiliency towards all causes of death. I cannot stress that enough. So for all of my coaches, for all of my athletes, it is very important that zone two and zone five cardiovascular training are a part of your fitness program somewhere and utilizing them both to the best of your abilities based off your specific needs is going to be optimal for not only improving your body composition and losing weight and losing fat specifically, but also improving performance, improving stress resilience and your ability to adapt, improving things like sleep and your immune system and your endocrine function, but ultimately improving your health span to improve the rate at which you'll be able to continue to do the things that you love for as long as you can throughout the entirety of your life because fitness is for life. 
And that is what we communicate as coaches. And that's what we want is going to be the absolute best to become your best self and become an evolved athlete. This has been Coach Pay. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode today. For all other information that you need, please be sure to look at us for all information on our social media webpages at evolve underscore HP. Be sure to listen to the outro for more information. We're going to have more great episodes like this coming soon that we dive deep into the science so that you have the absolute best tools you need to improve your health and get the most out of your fitness life. Always be evolved and look for us in the next one. This has been Coach P and I'm out of here. If you liked today's episode, please be sure to drop a like, share it with all your friends, and give us a great review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to work with the best in the business, please be sure to head over to all of our social media webpages at Evolve Health and Performance. Us at Evolve are trying to make you the best athlete of all time and realize your full potential. Stay tuned for all future episodes where we bring you the best guests and features for everything health, fitness, and wellness. For everything Evolve, stay tuned. Coach P's out.